Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for joining us this evening for the book signing for Miss Fran Allen, and we're going to get started. Could we pause for a moment of prayer? Would you bow your heads and close your eyes, please? Eternal God, our Father, we give you thanks for life, for health, and for strength. We thank you for the gift of writer that you've given to our friend Fran. We pray that tonight as we experience her journey that we will remember that you are the source of our strength. Thank you for those who've gathered today, and we pray that they will, re- that they will receive a blessing and that their coming will not be in vain. We give your name glory, we give your name honor, and we give your name praise. And the people of God said, Amen. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Dawn Fitzpatrick, and this evening I have the pleasure of introducing our guest, our author for the evening. The beginning in Omaha, Nebraska, the woman. From infancy to being nurtured into middle and high school and graduating from Central High School, the woman. Eight active years in the United States Marine Corps with an extensive experiences and exposure to cultures all around the world, the woman. After ending her military career and moving to Baltimore, matriculating to Johns Hopkins University to obtain her bachelor's degree in business, the woman. The seven-year owner and CEO of personal and professional development business, managing and developing several renowned musical talents, the woman. Served as a deputy campaign manager for an inaugural congressional election campaign, the woman. Established and well-versed author of three motivational books, currently the district director of the 7th Congressional District of the State of Maryland, the woman. Works consistently and tirelessly to create unrestricted streams of income for nonprofit organizations and community-based services to accomplish the mission of raising quality of life for all humanity, the woman. Attributes her successes in life to her steadfast spiritual base in her life. The woman is the son. The woman is the mother of one son, Reginald, the mother of one daughter, Colin, the grandmother of Reginald Jr., the woman that relaxes and enjoys traveling and old school funk music. The woman. When her quiet calming demeanor and professionalism exude power of an African-American woman the only way that we can. The woman, F, she's friendly and fun-loving. R, she's responsible, reliable, resourceful, and resilient. A, she's amicable and always amorous. N, she is neighborly, negating negativity. Fran, the woman. Ladies and gentlemen, I introduce to you the woman that I am proud to call colleague and most importantly, a friend. The woman, Fran Allen. Man, she done messed around and made me have to earn my money. Tell you one thing, I'm going to hire her. Yeah, we got to take this on the road for real. Hello! Man, a room full of faces that look like me. I am overjoyed. 
You know, today is the 55th celebration of the day that God saw fit to put me on this earth, and I am so happy. And I kept thinking, what did I want to give myself this year in January? What am I going to give myself this year? And unlike most folks, you know, they would go to the mall with the platinum card and go get something. I decided that this year I was going to give myself the gift of selflessness. So this year my gift to me is to do something that is in service of someone else. Well, when I'm old and in that wheelchair and can't roll myself, maybe somebody else will give me the gift of selflessness. That's a good thing. Um, Thank you so much for being here. Because you could have done anything else. You could have went anywhere else. You could have chose to be with somebody else, but you're here. And I am grateful. So give yourselves a round of applause. (laughs) Enough said. (laughs) Um, Before I go on, I want to take just a moment and have a moment of silence for the Martin family and Trayvon Martin. I think that's very important, so let's be silent for just a moment. As I'm here today in selfless service of other people, I wanted to do a couple of things. I wanted to highlight some other people besides me. Yeah, I'm an author, and I wrote this book, and I'm going to sell it, and I'm going to use the money to support some nonprofit organizations, but that's not all I do. I do a lot of things to help uplift other people, and there are three women particularly in this room tonight that I'm going to share my spotlight with because that's what you do when you're uplifting other people. So the first person that I want to share the spotlight with is um, my new friend and also birthday mate, Jocelyn Whitfield. Yes, Jocelyn, come on up. Today is Jocelyn's birthday, too. (laughs) Jocelyn and I met when the congressman was supposed to go somewhere and give some remarks and he couldn't go so he sent me and it was to support an initiative called the women forever free initiative and it's about empowering homeless women and women with children um, to get their lives back and to create a better lives for their children and when I got in the room I had all these prepared notes and I didn't read any of them because when I got around Jocelyn my spirit just went to a whole different place and so um, we got connected in spirit on that day and we've been joined at the hip almost every day since (laughs) Um, she's an amazing woman and I want her to tell you about the Women Forever Free initiative that we are going to work together hand in hand to bring into being. Jocelyn? Let me give her some love. Let me tell you, she's wonderful. This is my girl, I'm telling you. Um, we're, on, we're on a lot of plans together, aren't we? Yeah. <laughs> well, it's just my pleasure. I tell you, it's been a pleasure meeting Fran and just a pleasure just meeting somebody that you're a kindred, a kindred spirit with, that you feel at home with. You know, you don't find that, you know, and that you can call your family 
even though you haven't known the person that long. And uh, so she's just such a wonderful mentor, even though I'm older than she is, you know, but she is really. And uh, it's just been such a wonderful thing working with her. Uh, I'm going to tell you a little bit about the project. I was telling uh, Dia, Dia, stand up. Dia is one of my uh, partners in this. And, uh, yeah. And, um, and she's helped us with Fran uh, kind of bring this uh, initiative to fruition. And I want to tell you a little bit about it because uh, it, it, it has my heart. You know, I live well, and I live in a well community. And what happens is that when I really think about the women that are not living well, it touches my heart. There are 43, there are 4,000 homeless people in Baltimore City. And of that 4,000, 43 are women with children. Can you believe it? A thousand children each night, they do not have any place to go. And so what happened was that I, I had this epiphany, I mean, that really kind of shook me. And I said, I can't live this well and allow others not to live well and comfortable. So uh, in the next year, we will be opening up uh, a women's uh, residential training, job training center. It's not, yeah, for the home, for homeless women. And it means that women will come into our programs with their children and some that are single. We're talking about women who are returning vets. We're talking about women uh, who are victims of domestic uh, violence, women who are divorced and have no place to go, ex-offenders, and uh, just women who are homeless. And so we're going to bring them into this home-like atmosphere, and we're going to train them in different vocations and ensure that they are able to uh, have livable wages and be able to find suitable housing and stable housing. And so, oh, uh, and if we don't do it, who's going to do it? Now, um, one of the things that we're going to be doing this year, we're going to be uh, hosting two events. Uh, one is the Women Forever Free Conference Symposium at, the, at Pier uh, 5 uh, at the Inner Harbor. And it's called Women Living, Discovering, and Living the Dream. And what we're trying to do in that, in that conference is awaken, awaken uh, the gifts and talents of these women to show them that they don't have to give up at this time. That even though you're 20, even though you're 40, even though you're in your 60s, there still is a dream to be realized in you. And so we're going to have a uh, symposium uh, on June the 23rd, uh, and it's going to be from 8 to 3 o'clock. All of the proceeds will go to the women's, uh, for, uh, for the women's operational cost of the facility. So we are encouraging you to come. You can always get in touch with Fran, and she'll give you the information. I didn't bring any information tonight, but I want you to support it because we need to kind of raise the standard for our women in Baltimore. No woman should be on the streets at night with no place to go. That's real. And every night in Baltimore City, 700 women are without any place to go, and they're sleeping in their cars and on the streets. Can you believe that? If they don't uh, 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 stand, stand in a line at 2 o'clock every day at a shelter, they don't get a room. And so we want you to support that. We're going to have our gala uh, on New Year's Eve at one of the hotels 
uh, or at the Lyric uh, Theater, uh, and that's going to be New Year's Eve, and that's a jazz concert. Come and enjoy yourself, uh, and uh, Fran can tell you about the tickets and all those things as well. Also, I am an author as well, and I have two books out. I have another one that will be coming out at the end of this month, and one of the books is uh, uh, Made in God's uh, Image to Live for His Glory. It chronicles my life, the life of faith. It chronicles our time at the convention center. When a thousand, almost a thousand women show, showed up, am I right? Uh, for the cause of women and empowering women. And then I have another book that, was, that, that is fresh off the shelf. I think my uh, friend over there has it, Dia has it. And it's called Women of Faith, Living the Dream, and Leading Where You Are. Sometimes people think that in order for you to lead, that you have to either uh, be a professor, you have to be a doctor, you have to be a minister. But this book talks about wherever you are, you have been created to lead. And it talks about having the favor of God. Uh, it talks about dreaming the dream. It talks about your navigator, the Holy Spirit. It has a whole lot of good stuff in this book. And if you're interested in finding out where you can get this book from, you can see Fran again. Because uh, uh, I don't really have anything with me today. But I just wanted to thank Fran for this opportunity. I have a few books that I'm going to give out to whoever wants it. And so if you want this book, you raise your hand and you can have it. All right. Anybody else? Come on. You can come and get this book. It's free. Enjoy it. They're foundational. You got it. You got it. And I'm going to give away your book. You want this one. Okay, I'm going to give away this one. All right, then. One for your mentor. I only have one. This is it. Okay, all right, dear. Thank you so much, friend. Jocelyn. Oh, and um, this I just wanted to share with you. It says, if you can dream it, you can become it. There's no reason why you can't become who God has created you to become. Thank you. Um, see, I, I travel in some serious circles, folks. You know, you have to surround yourself with the people that have the same kind of heart, the same kind of intention, and the same kind of energy that you have. Because there are going to be a lot of people that are going to get around you that just want to feed off of your energy. But if they ain't bringing something to the table for you, you've got to kick them to the curb. I'm going to get real, real with you. You let too many people take up space in your place who are not bringing anything to you. Yet they are coming with their hand out for you. That's a choice that you make. That's not a choice they make. Because, see, you can say, get out. You can say, there's a door. You can say, I don't have time. Because you really don't have time. You should be about your own business instead of somebody else's business. That's the real deal. I had to learn it the hard way. I hope that these words that I'm giving to you are taken in the spirit that they are meant. You are all so absolutely valuable, and your journey is not over. It is just beginning. Even for those of us that are, that are on in years, there is still work to do. You have too much wisdom to leave here without giving it to somebody. All right, I'm going to quit preaching, I promise. <laughs> the next person I want to bring to you is um, the
the lady that is the leadership right now, the current leadership of the Sisters Network Baltimore Metropolitan. And I chose that um, nonprofit to support with the automatic fundraising um, that the sale of my books creates because my mother and my grandmother both had breast cancer and both died. Um, and I have had five biopsies, and they've all been benign, thank God. But I do still have a strong family history, and I still pay close attention because it's just the drop of a hat that can flip it from one side to the other. So I stay prayed up, and then I stay in support of these groups because I know one day they may need to be in support of me. So I'm going to bring to you right now the president of Sisters Network Baltimore Metropolitan, Ms. Dawn Fitzpatrick. Ms. Woodfield, Rachel, where are you? Ms. Woodfield, before all of these people here today, I would like to say to you that I'm going to open, extend a collaboration with Sisters Network Baltimore Metropolitan and yourself and for your initiative for us to make sure that the women coming through your program that are homeless and in need of a mammogram, we'll handle it. <laughs> Sisters Network Incorporated is the only national organization for African-American women breast cancer survivors. The organization was started in 1994 in Houston, Texas by Ms. Karen Jackson upon the need to find resources and a support system for women that were a reflection of herself when she looked into the mirror. Sisters Network Baltimore Metropolitan is one of 40 chapters in 23 states. Sisters Network has its premise and mission on finding alternatives and resources for women in need of education, advocacy, and support in the breast cancer arena. Our mission is to save lives by teaching and preaching and educating on early detection. Thank you. She spared you. This girl can go. You got away easy. <laughs> but I'm going to get you for the introduction. I'm going to get you. Y'all still, yeah, I still owe you some stuff. <laughs> Oh, my God. Every single one of us has a gift. God has planted a seed in every single one of us. Now, thank you. Oh, I'm special. You can take that seed and you can do nothing. Or you can take that seed and you can hide it because you're afraid. Or you can step out on the faith that you claim you have and work your magic with the gift that God has given you. How can it fail? He gave it to you. I write. I, so I thought. I thought I wrote because it was therapeutic. I, you know, that angry, that angry, mad black woman. So if you write it out of yourself, then maybe you're not so angry. Well, I thought I was writing some stuff out, but that wasn't, that wasn't it. So then I thought I was writing because I was just really, really smart. Yeah, well, that really wasn't it. Then I thought, well, you know, I'll just, I got all these things. I can go and I can speak and um, I can get paid. Well, that hasn't been it. And then I thought, you know, maybe this really, really isn't about me. I finally hit the nerve 
So maybe I'm supposed to take these things that I've done and these experiences that I've had and use them to benefit somebody else, use them to show someone else that they are not alone in this experience that they're having, use it to show someone else that there is a path that they can walk that somebody else has walked before them and forged so that maybe they don't have to stub their toe on the same rocks because some of the rocks have been kicked out of the way. Or maybe it's just to show somebody that there's a lifeline in a storm because every one of us is either going into in the middle of or coming out of a storm right now. So if you have those gifts and you don't use them, what do you think happens? Mm-hmm, you lose them. God will take them away from you. You'll wake up one day. You'll go to sleep one day. You can sing. You'll wake up in the morning. You won't have no voice. And you won't even know how it happened. But the reality is you wasn't using it. You didn't use it for his glory. You didn't use it to help somebody else. You didn't use it to uplift anything or anybody. And so he said, well, that's a waste. I'm going to take it and put it over here. So today... The next person you're going to hear from is a young lady that I heard a few months ago at another event I was at. I'm at events all the time. And she got up and she did a poem that she wrote for HIV AIDS. And I was floored. I couldn't wait for her to get done so I could get her name because I was going to put her in front of some people. So today is the day that I put her in front of some people. And today is the day that she does two pieces Right, two? Okay. Um, one, if you feel like two. How about that? I'll let you off the hook. Um, that she wrote. I told her a topic. I just gave her a topic. And she did all the rest with, with God's help. She did all the rest. She is an amazingly talented, amazingly beautiful young black woman that I want the world to know. And this is the beginning of that journey. Kyla, can you come up? This is Miss Kyla Logan. And she's going to rock the house, y'all. That's tough, huh? Yeah. Yeah. That's what our future leaders look like. Right there. Right there. Mm-hmm. Don't, don't discount. Don't discount the youth. Trayvon Martin wore a hoodie. So? I bet you Kyla Logan wears one, too. So? Truth be told... I do too. So, you gonna shoot me? This is just ridiculous, y'all. This is just ridiculous. So here we are. Man, I'm just blown away. I am blown away. Uh, I think I want to open the floor for some questions because I don't want to just talk at you. I want this to be an experience that you go away with something that means something really significant to you. So instead of me just talking about me, like I can't tell you anything else about me. Don done told you I was the woman, so. 
I'm, I can't even compete with that. So I'm going to open up the floor and um, take some questions. Um, there's a mic over there, and I think it's hot. So if you want to ask a question, just make your way. Well, let's see. Is that a... Um, Let's see, who can I call on? Di, dear, can you grab that mic and see if it's hot? Please. Yeah, it's hot. Okay. Um, yeah, is, will it come off? All right. Can we pass the mic and start the Q&A? Don't be shy, y'all. You know, come all the way through the rain and everything else. You know, you know, uh, passed up 5-0 and he didn't stop you. No racial profiling on the way to the library. I mean, you know. All right, then. Let me start by saying this. I was wondering whether Job Corps was in the house. I didn't know which ladies of Job Corps were in the house because any of the ladies could have been from Job Corps students. You know, it ain't like you got a sign over your head that says, I'm in Job Corps. But big, big, big kudos to Job Corps because not only are they providing an opportunity for our kids to make a decision to change the direction of their lives, they bought 100 books in support of this event to give the um, donation from the sale to Sisters Network. So Woodstock in the house. And to get me to, uh, to Job Corp, that's a phone call. Tanisha Nixon, that's a phone call. That's a phone call. That's done. Next. All right, then. Don't Make sure you put a, a, a list of the names so I can hold Jocelyn's feet to the fire. We can get that money and get these girls up in that conference. That's right. Okay. Next. Somebody, anybody. Come on, y'all. Nobody wants to know how much money I make. I can tell you. I think that what I can bring to girls between 12 and how old? 21. Okay. These are the formative years. What I can bring to them is a little bit of listening and a little bit of learning. Well, oh, honey. I wish I could tell you, I have two children, and I'm still trying to get them to listen to me. All right. Um, let, me just, let me just say this. As a parent, one of the things that you really have to get used to is repeating yourself. And you cannot get frustrated. You cannot get aggravated. You cannot get irritated that your children do not appear to be listening to you because the reality is when they get in a jam, the first thing they do is, mm, what would mommy do? What would daddy do? And if they can't figure it out, mommy, well, uh, see, because they know that you know the answer. Even though at home when you tell them to do the dishes, they tell you you don't know nothing. When they get out in the street where they really don't know nothing, they call home to find out what to do. So, yeah, it appears that they don't listen. It appears that they don't embrace things. It appears that they do not hear you. It appears that they don't want to. And maybe some of them actually don't. But 
so many more of them actually do. And I have been in middle schools, and I have been to places where there are younger people at youth empowerment conferences and such. And I provided them an opportunity to ask me questions because, you know, when they're asking questions, they're listening to the answer, and that's when you have the chance to give them that thing that they're going to embrace. They're going to embrace it because they're searching for it. They ask you. You ain't ask them. That's when it happens. So, you know, I tried to tell my kids a lot of stuff, and then I wised up. They wasn't listening. So I started asking them the questions to see what kind of answers they were going to give me. And when they gave me the right answer, they got rewarded. And when they gave me the wrong answer, I was like, ooh, really, you're going to do that? Mm, well, all right then, you know, it's your life. I mean, I'm just saying. And then they're like, well, what's wrong with it? Okay, and that's my opportunity to get right on up in there. See, I didn't go to Hopkins for nothing. And I went to a whole bunch of other schools before I got to Hopkins. They didn't know what to do with me. But they do listen. They do listen. Here comes one of them right now. Come on in this door with my other man. Hi, son. Hi, boo-boo. The little one is my heart. The other one, yeah, well, he all right. <laughs> Anybody else? Yes. That is true. All right, then. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Look how many times God, look how many times he had to repeat himself just to me. <laughs> he should be tired from me. <laughs> Anybody? No questions? Well, all right, I'm going to start talking. See, since y'all don't want to ask no questions, I'm going to start talking. Book number four is called From Creativity to Creating Income. See, we're in some tough times, folks. You know, one of the hardest things that I've ever had to do as a parent was tell my kids no when they asked me for something that I really thought they should, they should have, but I really wasn't in a position to provide it. That was the hardest place for me to be as a parent because I was struggling, for real. You remember when we were in Texas? We were struggling. And thank God for the first book. It's not, I don't even have it out. It's called How to Get an A in Life. And I wrote this book in great rebellion to God. He kept telling me to write a book, but I wasn't listening. You know, you go in a room and, you know, you're talking to people and they're like, my God, Fran, you should write a book. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, whatever. And then I used to do this thing called Motivational Mondays with some other guys. And they all had books and cassette tapes and all this other stuff. And I didn't have anything. And all of them were like, Fran, when you going to write your book? And I'm like, yeah, I'm not writing no book. Yes, you are. You need to write a book. I'm not writing no book. You need to write a book. Y'all need to get out of my face with the book thing. I'm not writing no book. And they kept on, and they kept on, and they kept on. And finally, I was like, you know what? If God wanted me to write a book, he would put it in my brain. Step off. And they were like, ooh. But see, I didn't know what I said. I went home about 3 o'clock in the morning. I woke up. I just, my mind was just whizzing and whirling. And I got up. I got at my computer. I booted up, and I just started typing. And I ended up with like 120 words that all start with the letter A. And I'm like, okay, this doesn't make any sense to me at all. Well, of course, you know, you just, I'm just trying to follow the path. 
So I'm looking at these words and I'm saying to myself, what is the significance of 120 words that start with the letter A? This just doesn't, I'm not getting it. What is it? What is it? What is it? What could it be? Then I thought, well, you know, what document do we already have that has a bunch of A words in it? We have a dictionary, right? So I thought, okay, I'll make a dictionary. But what am I gonna, how am I going to make a dictionary with just A words? And I only have 120. That's like an 18-month-old vocabulary. All right, this isn't going to work out. Then I thought, no, it's not about the dictionary. It's about thinking. It's about thought. So I took those 120 A words, and I redefined them based on my own process, thought process, how I process information how I understand things, the experiences that I have been through that have meant something to me, like age. Age is supposed to be a, a number that determines how long something is here. It has nothing to do with maturity. It has everything to do with when you got here and when you left here. That's how old you are. But you can be just as young when you leave as you were when you got here. Some folks go out just like that. They don't learn nothing while they're here. And other folks, they can be itty-bitty, teeny-weeny, like that little one back there. He's only two, but when you talk to him, you will never believe it. He just told me to slow down on the freeway the other day. <laughs> um, you know, so, th so I took the words, I redefined them, and then I thought, wow, this is about thought modification. If you can change the way you think, you can change what you do. And if you change what you do, you can change the quality of your life. Is it right? Yeah. So how come Webster is the only one that can tell you what words mean? I'm like, I totally reject that. You know, Webster don't look like me. Um, I get to define what I think and how I feel and what I believe and what words mean to me because words are some dangerous things. And given words are such dangerous things, I would highly suggest that maybe you get your own definition of what they mean and attach it to your values. Because some people just sling words and they have no connection to values or morals or anything else. They just sling in words and they hurt. They create scars and, and they damage people. So, you know, if you connect your words to your values then maybe it's going to change how you say what you say or when you say what you say. And if you change that, maybe you'll change how you feel about why you're saying something at all. Sometimes, you know, people just talk to hear themselves talk. You already know. You, you know some people that just like that. They ain't saying nothing, but they're talking a mile a minute. So how to get an A came because I was really, really rebellious, and God just wanted to show me that he was God and I was his child, and I was going to be obedient because he said so. There had to be no other reason. And that's how the first book came about. But um, from creativity to creating income is my attempt to create a work that will spur some folks into action that will create... Uh, uh, an activity that will save them from whatever situation they find themselves in. So, for instance, for all those kids that keep asking for iPhones and MP3 players and video games and all that stuff, if you haven't taught them how to cut grass, braid hair, or wash clothes, something's wrong with you, not them. You know, they should be cutting grass and making that money. They should be braiding hair and making that money. 
They should be ironing. Ironing. Look, I mean, I'm telling you about ironing, but I won't even iron, so let me cut that out. Okay. They should be cooking. I eat. I cook. Okay, they can do that. Teach them how to cook. Or clean. You know? They can write. They can go to the store for somebody. They can get somebody a ride. They can go sit with someone who doesn't have anyone else to come and visit them. They can create, you know, they can tutor some kids who can't read or can't read as well as they can. Everybody can teach somebody something. And everybody has $2 to give somebody else to help them make it. That's not a lot. You got to start someplace. But you have what you need. You have what you need. If you choose to pay attention to something else, that's your choice. But if you choose to pay attention to the thing that you have, you work on that. And the ones that, you know, are going to talk crazy to you about what they think you ought to be doing, if they're not going to be standing in the line with you when you get in trouble, they need to mind their business and you need to stop listening to them. I mean, you know, I'm just keeping it real. Both of my children have bumped their heads. I love them dearly, but they bumped their heads because they wouldn't listen. Now they listen, and you know what? One of them is getting ready to graduate from college, and the other one is raising an amazing child. They didn't come by that by, by accident. You know, it, it wasn't an accident. I put in a lot of work in that, and I'm still putting the work in. And I'm going to be putting it in until, I can't, until they plant me. Because that's what I do. But it's not just them. I pour into everybody. Everybody that I can get to, I pour into everybody. You know why? Because God gave it to me. He didn't give it to me to keep. You are not powerful when you learn a bunch of stuff. You are powerful when you share all the stuff you have learned. Don't learn it so you can walk around trying, you know, look... PhD, I hope I don't offend anyone in this room because I mean this in, in, in a spirit of love, but a PhD is an experience where you have to be dedicated and committed to following the instructions and following the rules. And if you follow the instructions and you follow the rules, you can get out with a PhD. It is not easy. It is not quick. But if you put your mind to it, you can do it. You can do it. Now, there's a lot of things in this world that I haven't tried, and there's a lot of things in this world that I don't want to try. But there is nothing in this world that I cannot do because I serve a God that sits high and looks low. And if I want it bad enough, he'll find a way to make it happen for me because I'm going to use the gifts, the talents that he gave me to get there. Why wouldn't he support that? Why wouldn't I be after that? Why wouldn't you? I was just talking to my friend Chu the other day about planting seeds. It's the same thing. These kids, you, you guys, you have no idea the amazing, the amazing, the absolutely awesome, just exponentially fierce future you are going to have if you put your mind to it and pursue it because you are better than mediocre. You are, you are way beyond average. Don't settle for mediocre. Don't settle for average because you don't have to unless you want to, unless you choose to. But you know what tells me that 
You are not average. You are not mediocre because you are here trying to find somebody to pour something into your soul instead of someplace else listening to some music, talk about women bad and shooting and killing people. Okay? I mean, you got to... I don't think there's anything wrong with um, supporting certain artists, but I do think there is something wrong when you don't take the same amount of time to pour into yourself that you spend listening to somebody else rip you up and tear you down. That's just some words, y'all. You know, don't, don't be slashing my tires and breaking up my windows when I go out in the parking lot. No, I ain't playing. But it's true. You guys are so much more than that. You really are so much more than that. And you know what? When those people like me are too old to do it anymore, I'm going to have to sit down. And it's you. You might think about this. It's you that is going to come behind me to do what I do. Because somebody's got to do it. It doesn't stop because I stop. You know, if God, you know, God spare me, if I go out there and then I don't make it till tomorrow, somebody else is going to sit at my desk and do what I do. You can, be, you can believe that. I am not, um, I have no qualms that my boss would say, mm, Fran, God, I miss her. Who's sitting in the office now? Because it'll be just like that. You know, it's my desk because I'm sitting at it, all right? Let me just put it like that. But next week, it'll be your desk because you'll be sitting at it, all right? So prepare yourself. All I can say is prepare yourself. And, and all the preparation isn't in a book. Some of the preparation is just sitting at the feet of somebody who's already been there, done that, so you can see what they did, hear what happened, and not go make the same mistake. Don't waste your time doing the stuff that the people can tell you not to do. If they're telling you not to do it, it's for a reason, you got something else that you should be doing. You got something else that you should be making. You, should, you got something else that should be happening. And it should be happening because you wanted to. And it's a good thing. But um, it isn't going to happen just because you wanted to. You have to do some work. Um, you know, you have to do some work. But you're worthy. You are so worthy. Every one of us. Every single one of us. My friend Pat has been a political warrior as long as I have known her. I don't think there is an election that has happened since, blah, 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 I ain't gonna tell, <laughs> that she hasn't been, I mean, so completely and totally immersed in. See, this is the one who can fuss all she wants to about you know, the, the end result of the election because she was a part of the political process. But for those folks who don't think that the political process is really important, let me just share this piece with you. It is the idea that my vote does not count that lost our president 60 seats in the Congress the last presidential election. 60. Six zero. 60 seats. So you know what that means? That means that our president had 60 people less to help carry his agenda through the Congress, through the House and through the Senate to get laws passed that are going to put our black men to work, that are going to put health care in place for our grandmothers, that's going to ensure our college students, 
that's going to make sure that Social Security is still available for the people that are paying in now who are using the money that we pay in now is being used for the people who are getting the benefits now. Guess what? If we don't put some work, some people to work soon, there ain't going to be no benefit for us when it's time for us to collect because they're using our money now. Those 60 seats, they were important. Those 60 seats cost us so much more than any of us can possibly imagine because they, they spend 90% of their time fighting and 10% of their time legislating because of the, the loss of those 60 seats. Because those 60 seats, there would have been a, a Democratic majority and we would have been running stuff. But because we lost the 60 seats, it's a Republican majority. We don't get to do anything. It's hard. It's a fact. Please, take somebody with you. Take some two somebodies with you. Anybody who has not voted for the first time, they really need, you need to drag them. I don't care if they want to go or not, drag them. If they want a chicken box, make them vote to get it. <laughs> they want to ride, make them vote to get it. They need $20, make them vote to get it. I'm telling you, because if they don't go vote and we don't flip the, the, the um, majority, you're not going to have the $20 to give to them, and they're going to be mad at you because you ain't going to give it to them. But they should have went to vote. Please, 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 if you don't do anything else, think about that and take that with you and tell somebody else we have to put this man back in office. We have to give him the rest of his time so he can finish what he started so that they can put this country back on some semblance of order and respect because it is not in order and is completely out of respect. And it's because we let those other folks become the majority. And now they want to do what they want to do. But it's not about service to us. You can believe that. Ladies and gentlemen, it is an honor and a privilege to be in this room with you tonight, and thank you so much for allowing me to share my heart and my friends and um, the amazing people that crossed my path with you tonight. Um, again, we're selling books. Um, for every book sold, three bucks goes to Sisters Network. We've already sold 100 books. We already, we're already at a $300 contribution, and I'm trying to hit a 400, 450. We're, I'm trying to make it, y'all. Help me out here. Um, it's important. These sisters, if Sisters Network had been around when my mother had breast cancer the first time, my mother would still be alive. My children grew, out, grew up without my mom. That is one of the things that I regret most in, in my life. And I will go to my grave regretting that my children did not get to meet my mother. They know, they know her through me because there's so much of her planted in me. But they would be different people if she had had a chance to get her hands around their neck. I mean, if she had had, they had a chance to sit on her lap. Yeah, same difference. <laughs> But I'm going to wrap it up, and I'm going to start signing for those persons who bought books or already had books and want a signature. Come on up, and I'll be happy to sign your books. Thank you so, so, so much for coming, and good night.